As many of you know, a couple of weeks ago, about half the team and I were at PodFest in Orlando, Florida to meet and greet and otherwise connect with fellow members of the podcasting community. We gave a talk in the B2B track, which we co-sponsored with Tom Fox of the Compliance Podcast Network. It was called Metrics That Matter for B2B and Company Podcasts, or How to Figure Out If Your Podcast is Successful or Not. I thought it would be fun to share the talk that I gave here with you, and I may or may not have been looking for extra ways to practice at the time of recording, which was a little bit pre-PodFest. There's a deck that goes along with it, which will pop in the show notes if you'd like to take a peek. I hope you enjoy the speech on this episode of the Business Podcast Blueprint Show. Hello, everyone, and thank you for being here this morning in the B2B track at PodFest. I hope you are enjoying it, and I hope you are excited to talk in excruciating detail about how to measure metrics that matter for your company and B2B podcast. In other words, is your podcast successful or not? When we think about tracking podcast success, and particularly tracking in regards to conversations we have with leadership or team members or baffled managerial accountants, their understanding of podcast success looks a little bit like this. And in a lot of cases, the decision maker who has just told you the podcast is your job now has this exact understanding of the industry and how to measure success within it. But you know that it isn't that simple, and I know that it isn't that simple. My name is Megan Doherty, and I'm the co-founder of One Stone Creative. We've been producing business and company podcasts since 2017 and currently support more than 20 weekly or bi-weekly shows and create really cool one-off seasons for different kinds of companies. Some of the shows we produce are pretty big, getting tens of thousands of downloads every month. And we also produce shows that are tiny, getting hundreds or less. Some shows we produce win awards and bring joy to the people we create them or tell powerful stories that are changing industries. It's a diverse library of content and I'm proud of it. And for all their differences, all of the shows that we produce have one critical thing in common. They're all extremely valuable to the companies that produce them. So what makes a podcast successful isn't how big or polished it is or how many awards it wins or even how many people listen to it or have heard of it. A successful podcast for a business is one that makes consistent, meaningful contributions to company goals and objectives. Often, companies start podcasts because that's the thing right now. The firm down the street has one, we better have one too, and everybody always starts out excited and the content is cool and you get some nice feedback. But then a few months go by and they sort of fizzle out and the project dies because no one has any idea if it's working or not. It's really hard to measure the impact. But you have to measure something, and downloads are the easiest numbers to get and they're the easiest numbers to communicate. If that number of monthly downloads, which is easy to get in your hosting provider, is getting bigger every month, if that arrow is going up and to the right, we're winning at podcasting. We're doing great. We are podcasting good. Are you though? As we said at the top, downloads are not the whole story. As a business, you've got obligations and considerations other than making great content. So you need to measure things other than how many people hear it. What kind of an impact is the podcast having on other critical business areas like your sales and revenue? Is it helping you to land new business in some way? What about in your networking and relationships? Is the show connecting you with thought leaders and referral partners and potential hires and other people that are important to the running of your business? Is the content itself making an impact? Are you getting more website traffic or repurposing episodes into valuable time-saving resources for your team and your customers? And is the show increasing your authority and brand awareness? Are there people citing your work and inviting you to speak at events or contribute to articles and other publications? In other words, how is the podcast contributing to your whole business? For a lot of B2B and company shows, downloads are the least important of all possible metrics. So here's an example. We produce one show that's not very big if you look at the numbers. 
And looking at just the numbers alone, you might easily come to the conclusion that it's not worth doing or investing in because so few people are listening every month. But I tell you, the right people are listening and the company running it is doing a great deal of new business that they can directly attribute to the show. And they've won an industry award for it. So who cares about the download numbers if it's making that kind of important, measurable, and valuable impact? So let's step away from downloads for just a minute because there are a lot of other possible metrics, so many. There are tons that you can be tracking, but we don't want to start with them. We never start with what to track, even when we have big, juicy, luscious lists of possibilities to choose from, like the one I'm about to be giving you. Because your business is different than anyone else's, and what you need a podcast to do for your business is different too. The first and most important thing is to figure out the purpose of your show as it relates to your business. Because two podcasts that look the same on the outside can have dramatically different roles in different organizations. Maybe it's a conversational style podcast with one host interviewing a different guest every week for about 30 minutes and releasing on Tuesdays. The same show, the same type of show run by two different companies can be a powerful networking strategy for one company, connecting them with leads and with referral partners and with potential affiliate partners. And for the other, That exact same style and format and release schedule of show can be a constantly churning engine of content that's feeding a customer support and sales team. So step one is figuring out what is success. And then step two is figuring out how we measure it. Take a moment now to think about your business goals, not super specific ones, just general business goals that you might want to achieve in the next six months to a year. Along along the lines of more traffic, more leads, new team members, lower labor costs, that kind of thing. Jot them down if you can, or just think about them and keep that thought top of mind as we go on. Because different types of podcasts are good at helping companies achieve different things. And if you know what you're hoping to achieve, then you know what kind of podcast you should be creating. And even further, you know specifically what your options for measuring your success and failure are. We call these high-level show types the business podcast blueprints. There are four of them, and they each have a prime directive, a single thing they do best with all sorts of subsidiary benefits that they can help you achieve. The high-level blueprint or archetype of your show should inform all of your strategic decisions about the podcast, from the style of show you create to how you promote it. So let's go through each of these. The first is a relationship-building podcast, also called business development shows. These are designed to connect with people who, one way or another, can help you grow your business. And so if any of the things that you need to achieve to be successful and to justify the investment in your podcast has to do with growing a network of people of any kind, this is the blueprint of show that you want to be using. Next are audience engagement shows, and these are designed to connect with an audience that you already have. This type of show works best when you have a big audience who is hungry for more content than you can easily provide. Then comes the most popular type of podcast, thought leadership. These are podcasts that establish your brand and the host of the show as an authority in the space. They're centered around creating original IP and keeping your company top of mind as an important part of your industry. Finally, we've got content. Now, unless you're making a genuinely astounding series of critical mistakes, any podcast that you create is going to generate content. It's kind of a bonus blueprint, but content is a symptom of every podcast. And there are fantastic shows that exists primarily to create content that can be used and reused in different areas of a business. So it gets its own category. So whichever of these high-level blueprints is the most important to your business or that contains most of the benefits that you want to achieve for your business, that's the blueprint you should use to make the strategic decisions from your show. From the format to the release schedule to where you invest your money to how you promote it, 
All of that is dictated by the type of blueprint that works best for you. And we have this broken down really, really well. We even have a chart. So come and see me in the vendor hall. We've got unlimited enthusiasm when it comes to talking about this. So once you've chosen the high-level blueprint, you can start to get more granular and identify the specific metrics within that high-level blueprint or the other ones if they're also useful to you to help measure your show's success. So we're going to look at each blueprint type and the different things they can help you achieve that you can measure. There are plenty of things podcasts do that are really hard to measure, so today we don't care about them. We're focusing about stuff podcasts can do that you can get hard data about. So let's go through them. We'll start with relationship building. Of all of the business podcast blueprints, this one probably has the clearest and most direct path to ROI. There are a lot of ways you can measure success for this type of show. All things that relationships with people in your industry can help you achieve either directly or indirectly. So you can look at the number of new leads coming into your sales process or the inquiries you receive about your service. Those leads could be the people that you interview themselves, or they could be sent your way by former or upcoming guests who are impressed by your work and how well you've treated them as a guest on your show. Likewise, you might get new inquiries about your products or services because someone who trusts your guests heard them on your show and decided to reach out. Leads and inquiries are numbers that hopefully you're tracking within your business. So you can either add a question to the process of taking in that type of request. Hey, how did you hear about us? Was it the podcast? Or just look at the change but from when before you started podcasting to after. So more directly, the people that you connect with through your podcast can refer their own colleagues to you when it's appropriate. And that kind of relationship can be as casual or as formal as you like. You might even find the opportunity to create different kinds of partnerships like content co-creation, co-promotions, collaborations, joint ventures, or referral sharing agreements. It's even possible to use a relationship building podcast specifically to get new customers, either by interviewing people who would be ideal clients or using the insight and information you learn in the conversations with them to facilitate later sales discussions. If you land a conversation with a potentially plum client, you won't want to pitch them on the call. That would be pretty tacky. But you now have a lovely reason to get in touch later or have a member of your sales team do so. You know them now and they know you. So it's fertile ground for different types of relationships. Moving on to audience engagement. These are shows that serve an audience that you already have that wants more from you. And I mean, you could be in that situation if you have invested a lot of time in the past in building your audience and cultivating and engaging with them. Maybe you gather this audience by the larger events that you do, book or course releases, keynote speeches. Podcasts are great to fill in that in-between time and help keep you top of mind. So the things you can optimize the show for and measure, you're looking at how people are connecting and engaging with you. That might be as simple as looking at the social media shares, tags, retweets, likes, all of those little indicators that people are picking up what you're putting down. Or it could be more direct. Maybe you're making more sales since you've been podcasting. Previous buyers are, of course, the most likely to buy more products or services. So keeping yourself top of mind and available to them via your podcast means that they'll be waiting when you have more things to sell. If you run any kind of online community or like a Slack group or Circle or Facebook group or anywhere else, your podcast can be a great top of funnel element, a free type of service and content that feeds into your more engagement and commitment heavy communities. So maybe you want more mentions and direct messages on your social platform for your audience. It can be a great way of providing customer service and powerful social proof about the work that you do. And here's one of my favorite podcast use cases. You can save labor hours on the sales and customer service side of your business using your podcast content. So let's say that in your audience engagement podcast, every episode, you answer a common question that your team, maybe customer support, maybe sales gets asked all the time. Now, when you've got podcast audio answering that question, either a clip or a whole episode, 
those team members aren't going to need to answer directly or bespokely to each customer. They can say to the person who's reaching out, hey, we've got a podcast episode that talks about exactly that. Let me find it for you and give you the timestamp. It's going to give you a great example. So getting even more automated than that, you can create a multimedia FAQ page of case studies, of questions, of answers, of recommendations. People can use on a self-serve basis, all of which takes time off your team members so that they can be doing more high-level things. It's a really powerful way to use your podcast to improve that kind of critical labor cost KPI. So the other things a really audience-focused podcast can help you are the amount of feedback and input that you get from your listeners and community about your ideas, your products, your content, everything. So feedback is critical and it can be really, really hard to come by. But listeners like you. If they've been listening to you a long time, they really like you and they'll want to help. So if you ask for it, they're likely to try and provide it. Finally, a podcast can help you improve your customer lifetime value. As I mentioned, your audience likes you. <laughs> if you're constantly serving them with new, valuable, helpful content that is really directly answering their questions and fulfilling their needs, they're going to be pleased that they're in business with you and more likely to stick around. So don't be surprised if you see your customer lifetime value increase as you continue podcasting in a really audience-focused way. All right, let's move on to thought leadership. As the most popular business podcast blueprint, it is naturally the hardest to measure, but it is possible. You want to be looking for signs that other people are treating your content as authoritative, definitive, even innovative, if you can wrangle it. And you can see that people are doing that if they link to you and cite your work. So you can measure backlinks that you receive as well as all kinds of earned media mentions. Basically, any time that someone is unprompted talking about you and your work, that is a really powerful and measurable indicator that your show is being treated as meaningful thought leadership in your industry. Hiring in talent is another really fun one. I'm sure I'm not the only business owner who's been in the very unpleasant situation of desperately needing more talent on the team, but not wanting to start a hiring process that could take months to fill the gap. A really good thought leadership podcast means that your pool of potential hires is already out there and they've self-selected as being interested in what your company is saying. Of course, not your entire audience is going to be potential hires. It depends on the type of show, but going to your pool of podcast listeners when you're starting to hire is going to really cut down on the people who are just applying everywhere, don't care about your stuff. They know you and they are invested enough to listen. Maybe they're going to want to get deeper into your organization. So you can take this even further by asking interviewees in advance of their call to listen to an episode or which episodes they've liked and why, what they've learned from it, what they suggest you talk about, what they've been able to do because of it. You can also ask your guests in complimentary businesses if they know anyone for a particular role, dramatically expanding the network tree that you have available to shake. So the value of cutting down your hiring timeline can be huge and it can be attributed to thought leadership style podcasts that you run. Also extremely valuable is reducing the length of your sales cycle. There's a parasocial effect of podcasting. I'm sure you're familiar with it. The people who listen to your show feel like they know you. And if they keep listening, it's probably because, as I've said, they really like you. We've got clients who get onto sales calls with people who have been given a selection of episodes to listen to. And those leads start the call with some variation of, love your show, love your philosophy, I'm in, where do I sign? And that's the kind of sales call that you can take right to the bank. All right, so if you're not too dazzled by the possibilities that we've covered yet, let's talk content. So these are shows that create content that grows your business. So you can optimize for and then measure some really cool things, starting with your website traffic. More SEO-rich content updated on a regular basis and supported by strong promotional efforts. That means more website visitors who will then hopefully convert into your funnels and become more engaged in your orbit. 
So podcasts are amazing top of funnel content because they're on demand, they're freely available, and they create powerful, sometimes ludicrously powerful relationships between the listener and the creator. So a little more about web traffic and SEO. Every episode that you create can have a show notes with it that can become a blog post with rich SEO optimized content on it. They can even go to the extent of publishing your transcripts. That's giving you content on two channels, audio and your blog, for practically the price of one. And you can measure how much your keyword rankings are changing and how much traffic individual episode and whole podcast pages get. But that is absolutely not all. You can use and reuse the content you generate on your podcast in a lot of ways. One of my favorites is in guest posts for other people's websites. Content for your own website is great, but content on other people's websites, it's like the earned media we talked about in Thought Leadership, is a great way to increase overall performance metrics. You can combine episodes, insights, quotations, and listener feedback into entirely new takes on content on the ideas that are important in your industry that you can pitch to other websites, furthering your reach and your relationships. For repurposing to your own channels, with a little planning and outlining in advance, your podcast episodes can create the content that goes into huge projects like books and courses that you might sell, and smaller ones like opt-ins. For tracking these, first you have the number of books and courses and opt-ins available, and also the conversion rates that you get on them. So this is a little more nebulous than some metrics, but also consider the time and labor cost savings of being able to repurpose and tweak rather than create from scratch. The investment you need to make in creating these business assets goes down, and then your margins go up. And finally, let's talk about social media. Creating fresh content for social media is one half of the equation, the other being actually getting on there and being social, which sucks, I know. But we've got a solution for that too. See me later. On the creation side of things, Though your podcast can be an incredible starting point, pulling clips and quotations and questions and ideas into text or multimedia shares like audiograms, you can also use your podcast as the inspiration for additional content. Getting ready for shows, guests that are coming up, continuing conversations after the episode with guests and audience members, anything like that. So once you get into the habit and have a good workflow for it, you can keep multiple social channels absolutely hopping with just the content that you generate from and about and extending from your show. And you can track the amount of content that you're putting out there and the levels of engagement like we talked about in engagement podcasts or audience building podcasts. Now, all of these nicely sorted and organized possible metrics are available to you. The blueprints and the concept of the blueprints are to guide your high level strategic decisions. But you can design and optimize your show for any of the benefits that you want that are going to be the most impactful for your business. You are the boss of your podcast. And that means instead of just tracking for downloads, you can be tracking for downloads and any combination of all the possible benefits. It's pretty great and kind of exciting if you're also a data nerd. So to recap, you start everything. You start this whole process by defining your business objectives. What does your business actually need that a podcast can help you achieve? The blueprint you work with guides your strategic decisions and you pick the individual trackable benefits that you want to optimize for. And then you either design if you're just getting started or refine a show it's already in progress to take maximum advantage of those benefits. Once you know what you want to track, you establish your baseline, what are your current numbers for the thing, and then you just start counting and keeping track on a monthly or quarterly basis to see how your podcast is impacting your business. Because that's really what this is all about for a company show. It's not about how many listeners you have. It's about how your podcast supports and enhances your business activities. So track your downloads, sure, but make sure you're also seeking out and optimizing for and measuring the other impacts that your podcast can have on your business. It's a tool that should be supporting and improving what you're working on. And if it isn't, it's better to know that now. So if this interested you and you want to dig a little more in at your own pace, you can follow the QR code on this slide for a free ebook, Will a Podcast Work for Your Business? 
It'll take you through a lot of what was in this presentation and give you some details about the realities of podcasting week to week and how that may fit in with the rest of the work you're doing in your business. And please connect with us on social media. We're at onestonecreative.net is the website. All of the following social media URLs. As always, the Business Podcast Blueprint is created by the whole team at One Stone Creative. I'm Megan Doherty, and if you'd like to talk about how you can choose the right Business Podcast Blueprint for your show, we're standing by. Find us at onestonecreative.net. That's O-N-E, stonecreative.net.